Here we go in Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Could be better, actually. I'm okay. Ryan, what's that about? I mean, we've turned the corner on spring. I know we're due for another big snowstorm, but the weather's been nice. Shit's been melting. Wilder on fire. Okay. What's not to love? So you're in a good place. People are getting vaccinated left and right. Like this is a, we're in a good spot. I got my Vax, the Pfizer. Oh, you're on Pfizer. You're on the Pfizer train. I heard it's the best one. (laughs) Only the best for you. That's the best for a a sore shoulder. For a really sore arm. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you, my brother. I did get vaccinated at uh, Mall of America, which was really convenient. Did you play Pokemon when you went there? No, but I will tell you how fast it went. I got there, hopped in line. It was a five-minute wait. It took me longer to sit in a chair and uh, hang out because you have to sit for 15 minutes. But I have to tell you, you guys, you ever, are you ever like by yourself and you like laugh, make yourself laugh with like a thought? Yeah, because I think in memes all day long. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Am I, I insane? Yes. All, all sorts of cracked up because I just kept thinking how badly I wanted to just – fall on the ground and like alien style foam from the mouth. <laughs> and like I just kept thinking about how funny that would be, but no one would have thought it was funny. Dude, if you had a big TikTok, you would have done it. You would have had somebody there ready to film it. You, you would have done it for clout. And I'm like, like shaking on the ground. Like it would have been too great. Speaking in tongues and shit. I think no, then I, then I snap into it. I like come to, and then I'm speaking in Russian. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I was taking the means of production. <laughs> 5G flowing through my veins. I love that. All right, guys. Well, good for you. Here we go. Big time episode. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordeast Podcast with your three best friends in the whole entire world directly to your phone or device each and every week. Thank you Hell in advance yeah. for doing that. All right, guys. What are you guys drinking right now? What beers are in your hands? I'm drinking a big time collaboration, you guys. Um, the very the pride of Iowa, and not just when it comes to beer. This is the best thing in Iowa, and that would be Toppling Goliath. Um, you know, they have that pseudo Sioux, which is like, you know, the big dinosaur on the front. A wonderful, classic, top five American IPAs of all time. They teamed up with our friends at Blackstack to come out with Jurassic Park. It's a triple IPA. It is 10%. So it's a boozy boy, but it's good. It's really, really good. And I'm happy to be drinking it. Shouts to Tyler of Winterfell for splitting the four-pack with me. So I didn't have to pay. Neither of us had to pay $25. And shirts are great. The shirts are really sweet. I like Mike get one. Okay, get two. We split one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> our, our closets are technically close enough i wouldn't hate that we could get away with that one and we'll both both just wear it so we won't have to pay 25 bucks i think yeah man all right i am uh going back to where you guys were uh earlier and that is ven brewing that's their tropicopia uh ryan you were drinking on the first episode this is straight from tyler of winterfell who's making a big presence in the beer world this week apparently and uh, it's delicious. Super good. 8.5%. Can't wait to drink this whole thing. <laughs> All right. Drink I'm up. throwing it. I'm throwing it back. Uh, branding and beer wise. And I saw this beer for $1.99 at the liquor store. It's a 20 ounce flavor wave IPA from Indeed. And 
it's a it's a tall boy plus 33 percent so if you can picture that type of can in your head um it's kind of like a crowler but taller if you want yeah, to think of it that really way tall. it's a weird looking can but for two bucks right i mean oh, you can't hate it so give me give me a wine bag give me a paper wine bag and i'm good to go um <laughs> this beer tastes like uh a two dollar ipa can all um, right I, I think it's a good it's a good beer um it's not indeed's best effort but it's a very drinkable very nice approachable ipa like old school ipa I yeah like, like an old school west coast ipa yeah exactly exactly not hazy yep okay we're well, here we go we're my i don't want to pull a muscle here so we definitely need to jump into a warm-up jim what do you have for a warm-up today all right this is going to be like a hefty warm-up like pretend you guys had a bad game last week so we need to do some extra bullshit during warmups. All right. So there's a lot of talk right now with Kobe Bryant's anniversary of his death coming, you know, having just come recently um, amongst players of the league. Like, why do we have this old white dude who was never that amazing um, as, you know, that that really signature um, silhouette on the NBA logo? Right. You got the red side, the blue side, the white dude who's also a white dude in the middle. And the they're saying, why not have Kobe? doing his, one of his signature crossovers instead, right? People have mocked it up. It does look cool. Um, and I don't know how you feel on that debate, but I think what we need to do here is pick the player that needs to represent the league if all major leagues had a logo like this. So we're going to do baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Where do you guys want to start? And let's go. Who's got a good one to blast off? Um, you pick the sport and then we'll go. Okay, football. All right, uh, football. At this point, I think uh, for football, I would pick a player. I'm not picking players I like, okay? Uh, actually, all the players I'm picking I don't like. Um, but for football, I think it uh, should be Tom Brady. He's the most deserving player. Make it be a quarterback. Want to know why? Because quarterback is the only position that actually matters. So a guy throwing the ball as a quarterback should be the logo. It should be Tom Brady because as much as I dislike Tom, he is the greatest to ever play the game, and I am in uh, full-on uh, finally admitting it mode, kind of like yep. when I had to finally admit that Tim Duncan was a better power forward than Kevin Garnett after, like, 15 years of denying it. That's where I'm at with Tom. He's the greatest. He deserves to be the logo. Okay. I can't even argue with that. I'm not going to put anybody else forward. I can't either. Okay. Uh, it's got It's got to be Brady. Then, Ryan, why don't you take b- baseball? This is your shit. Baseball, oldest fucking sport. You can pull from any – you can pull from centuries, I feel like. I don't know. Oh, man. This is so difficult because baseball recently has been mired with, like, guys doing really well and then regressing. Yeah. And I think it's very difficult to put, like, the face of baseball on a logo. Um well, I think it should be somebody that has wrapped their career then. You know, if you're seeing somebody that's like Mike Trout, super hot right now, but, yeah, you know, may have a, a lackluster end to the career or something. Well, Ryan thinks about this. I'm going to throw my two cents in here. Uh, I'm going to pick my former favorite player who I met in person and was the biggest douchebag I've ever met in my life. So I dislike this person. When I was a kid, I went to a Twins game. My dad got me passes to be on the field. I got to meet cool players I met. Jay Buhner, I met Paul Molitor, I met Alex Rodriguez, I met Randy Johnson. I'm not saying they were all nice, but they all signed autographs for a little kid. 
And I mm -hmm. went up to my favorite player wearing a Mariners hat in Minnesota, wearing a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey in Minnesota. I said, Mr. Griffey, it took me a lot just to get the confidence to even go up and ask him for an autograph. I said, Mr. Griffey, would you please sign my baseball? And he said, I don't sign autographs, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Ken Griffey Jr., but the guy was the most electric player of the past 30 years. He uh, had the most beautiful swing in the history of baseball. I'm going Ken Griffey Jr. You could put him swinging that lean back with the the bat. Like I can picture it now. So I'm into that. Ryan, you got to do better or you got to accept because I'm not going to put anybody forward in this. Whole, it'll take too long. Man, I would say it's got to be Griffey or Jeter. And I, I know, I, Eric, I know your feelings about Derek Jeter as a shortstop, but I think just as an overall ambassador of the game of baseball and playing for the biggest franchise in baseball for winning titles, like which Griffey did not do. Um, Derek Jeter would probably be the most obvious choice. Um, just uh, man, I, I, I think, I think my vote would be Jeter only because he did it for so long in the most pressure filled environment. Um, won titles, lost titles, but won titles played for, 18 years for the same franchise was the face of the franchise took all the brunt when things weren't going well, didn't get a lot of the accolades when things did go well. Um, lived the dream of a bachelor in New York city. Uh, I don't think I, I, I can't really think of an, uh, of a better person than Derek Cheater. Was the ambassador of baseball for the Yankees and the ambassador of Dick for New York. Exactly. Okay. Well, then I think he deserves it. Um, all right, hockey. Let's make it quick with hockey. Um, who do you guys got? I mean, Gretzky I think it's the obvious pick. Howie, right? How, what's that fucker's name? Gordon Howe. Gordon I would Howe, yeah. My pick would actually be um, – oh, uh, gosh, I literally just forgot his name. Uh, Sidney the, Crosby? No, no, no. Bruins guy. Gretzky? Um, no, old Bruins guy. Uh, Bobby Hull? Bobby – no, no, no. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr, yeah. Bobby Orr diving through the air – most famous moment in hockey history. It's got to be the. It's got to be the pick. Ryan, I don't know. I think if you're picking a more modern guy, it's got to be like Sidney Crosby. Um, if only because he kind of embodies what hockey has become—a bunch of like tall, white, big Canadian dudes trucking all over the ice. My vote would be for Sidney Crosby. And again, I'm in the same same boat as Eric. I'm not picking somebody I like. I hate Sidney Crosby. Mm -hmm. But if I'm if I have the the keys to the NHL and I get to put somebody forward to vote on, I think Crosby deserves it. Okay, and then well, I mean, this is the where the controversy started. Basketball. Okay, again, I didn't. I never liked this player when they played, and in in reality, I didn't like this player when they were alive. I would happily let it be Kobe Bryant. As much as I dislike Kobe, and as much as I think Kobe is overrated, okay? Kobe is an overrated player. Kobe, in his mind, and Kobe's he fan. He might be an overrated person, too. I don't want to speak ill of him, but he was not this, like, great dude, you know, family man anyways. Everybody likes to pretend that Kobe is in the same category as LeBron and Jordan, and they're the three greatest players of all time. But in reality, Kobe is a lot closer to 10 than he is to, to one. Sure. Kobe is one of the great players to ever play the game. He is one of the great players of our lifetime. He's one of the great players of the last few generations of NBA players. 
He is an absolute Hall of Famer and one of the greatest people to ever play basketball. And I would say that the best part about Kobe was actually his love and obsession with basketball. I think that was mm-hmm. something that you could actually see, you could feel, you knew that this meant so much to this guy more than everybody else he was playing against. Um, he dies in a terribly tragic way. He was a major ambassador for the game. I'm I'm happy with it being Kobe. And I actually am offended that it, it's, it's still an old white guy um, as mm-hmm. uh, basketball is a important piece of black culture. It's a, it's the, probably the most proud black sport in the world. Um, Originally. Yeah, for sure. But, but even now, I mean, like the, the, the faces of the league are some of the, the most prominent and important and uh, you know, the best examples of black community of celebrities in the world. And so mm-hmm. for me, the fact that the guy is a white guy is, is really messed up. And so I would love to see it be someone else. Um, I guess I would go with Kobe. I'm cool with that. Okay. I'm yeah. fine with Kobe too. And I think that if there was ever a commissioner in basketball that would, you know, promote this type of change, I think Adam Silver is absolutely the guy to do it. And I appreciate yeah. The fact is that this is even a conversation. I don't think under David Cern it would have ever happened. So I'm I'm happy that this this conversation is coming up under someone who's as open minded as Adam Silver is and accepting of the fact that there's a lot of flaws in the system and he's happy to change them when he can and it makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, that was a lengthy warm up. I think it was actually pretty fun. Good job, guys. Uh, I'm ready to go. All right, guys, here we go. We're going to dive into our starting lineup starting today. We're going to start with the NFL. It always seems like we're starting with the NFL. It's because the NFL is a huge deal, and that is because there's lots of quarterback news in the NFL. Everyone thought that Drew Brees was officially done. Everyone thought Big Ben might be on his way out, and the Steelers have now said, we want Big Ben back. I don't know why. He's Mm. completely and totally washed. Um, Drew Brees is posting videos of him pushing weights in back alleys, and he has yet to say he's going to retire. Um, Drew Brees is like 100 out of 100 washed up. So as someone who hates the Saints, I pray that Drew Brees comes back. Bring him back. Bring him back. I think, I think the biggest issue is they don't have a plan B. Like, who, who do the Steelers have? Mason, I got hit in the head with a helmet. Like, who is that guy? I think that the Steelers' plan B, honestly, if I were the Steelers, my plan B would be trade for Sam Darnold. And just say, okay, but regardless, but he's not on the franchise. So I'm saying the way that they're looking at this is we don't have a, we currently don't have a plan B. No, I, I get it. You could, but you could go make a trade. You could go get a, you could draft someone. I just think you could. And Big Ben's pretty damn washed. Um, he's coming back. And then even more washed is Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees can't make it through a season without breaking numerous bones. Drew Brees can't, uh, you know, like, win games late in the season. He, he has a noodle arm. Uh, I hope Breeze comes back. I love him posting these videos. Uh, it's even better, I think, than if they have Taysom Hill, who's like at least athletic as their quarterback next year. Um, and then in story number two, uh, the other big piece is that there's rumors of uh, Russell Wilson being unhappy in Seattle. I don't know why he's being a little baby, but he is. Um, I can't believe someone who calls himself Mr. Unlimited is (laughs) about anything, but he is unhappy about uh, the blocking he's had and the weapons he's had. And he has not officially requested a trade, but he did go out of his way to say, I am happy in Seattle, but I would also be happy in Las Vegas, 
in Chicago, in New Orleans, or in Dallas. New yeah, Orleans. He's got, he's got, it's funny that he's got four teams already listed as uh, potential trade targets. I do not want him to come into our division, even if he is probably starting the decline of his career. I don't know if five foot ten Russell Wilson will play till he's 42, like some of these other guys. I think that his career is probably starting the downslope, but he still is one of the better players in the game. Um, I would hate to see him go to Dallas because I don't want them to ever do anything well. Uh, I would hate to see him go to New Orleans because I know that that would go well. And I would not mind seeing him leave the NFC and go to uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders. That would be fine with me. He could go rotten. That'd be pretty exciting. That'd be fine. Um, Yeah, so there's some quarterback news. The NFL always has big news because the NFL does sports news better than anybody else. I will say, though, that the the potential QB carousel that was supposedly supposed to be happening after the Carson Wentz deal went through has been an absolute dud. Yeah, but I know there's I, I know there's still time, but I'm just saying that like Wentz got and Stafford already, though. Yeah, that happened. But then, you know. Deshaun Watson, like, why aren't they having? They're not. They're not taking calls. They're like, like trade offers are going to voicemail. What's going on there? They know that they could trade him for a king's ransom at any moment. So, I think that they're gonna spend months trying to persuade him, and he's gonna spend months trying to force his way out. And then, you know, I would assume eventually he probably gets out of there for some absurd number of players and picks. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, big fight happened yesterday, guys. It was uh, the be- the biggest boxer in the world, the most famous boxer in the world, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, he fought some guy from Turkey who I've never heard of, dismantling him, knocking him out in the third round. Uh, does boxing ever do anything for you? Canelo is on commercials. He is like maybe the most famous uh, Mexican athlete in the world. He's now. really handsome, right? He looks like a model. Very handsome. He's an absolute. Okay. ESPN is obsessed with him. All they do is post workout videos of him where he's like punching things really fast or he's like blindfolded moving around a ball like with his head. They're obsessed with him. That's the only reason I know who he is or what he looks like. Don't care. I only am into celebrity boxing. Let's Me go. Me too. More celebrity boxing. Now, I wanted to bring this up too because I want to see Kid Rock get knocked the fuck out. Let's oh, I'd go. Pay lots of money for that. You want to know what we really need? We need, I'm not, I'm not saying it needs the same rules or the same outcome, but we just need, like, um, uh, every four months we have a celebrity death match, which they don't actually die or actually smash each other's clay heads, but mm-hmm. it's just celebrity boxing. And every four months we just get a couple of grudge matches. I love it. I love it too. Um, so the one thing I wanted to bring up was that one of the Paul brothers sent two of his cronies into the ring wearing these shirts and saying stuff in the background. And Canelo Alvarez looked at them during his interview and said, hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's a serious athlete. So (laughs) we're not asking these worlds to mix. We want to ignore real boxing. Okay, I would say this, though. I I think I would pay for the pay-per-view if the Paul brothers and a couple of their friends got to fight Canelo – one like pretty much like one after like a, ro- a royal rumble kind of okay, situation. not at the same time but not- he goes and knocks one out the next guy comes in knocks him out yes he just keeps they just keep feeding him um youtube stars i don't hate this <laughs> oh, i would pay 
I would pay an exorbitant amount of money to watch Jake Paul, John Paul, Chris Paul, whatever Paul knocked out Paul one Bunyan, by one. Yeah, Canelo Paul Bunyan, don't matter. one round. Don't matter. Canelo in five. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. And like he doesn't get a rest. Like they're they're coming in fresh. And he just has to keep going. There's no rounds. There's no bell even when he knocks him out. They just drag the dead body out, and they somebody else runs they, in. They take the Paul boy head, and they take the Paul boy body, and they put them in a bag, and just bring the next guy out. And he just goes one <laughs> after another. I'd pay a hundred bucks. I bet you wouldn't have to because I'd split it with you. <laughs> I think I think it would be I think it would be over. So let's let's say we set a clock, and it was Jake Paul. Uh, Who's the other one? Logan Paul and two of his whatever idiot friends that are stupid enough to take this we got on. Four contenders I, versus Canelo. I think it would be over in under six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the two Paul brothers would each last about two and a half minutes, and each of their friends would last about 30 seconds. Okay. With, with big money training. Yeah, right, right. All right, well, guys. Lastly, that, that's, that's um, beautiful. We need to see that. Not a funny story. Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer, in my opinion, in the history of golf. I'm not here for like this white guy won it when no one lifted and they drank on the course. Yeah. He won 18 times against a bunch of scrubs who were part time golfers. Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer to ever golf. He is the reason that golf is what it is today. He is the reason that golfers hit the ball a bajillion yards. He is the reason that golfers are like jacked dudes with beautiful wives. He is the reason that golf is cool. He saved a dying sport. And Tiger, uh, very sadly, has has struggled with a few things over the last few years. Uh, But at this point, he seemed like he was at least in a – uh, you know, a veteran role on the tour where everyone's in a lot of heat contend. Last year he won major and he got in a terrible, terrible accident um, where he flipped his vehicle. Uh, people were worried that there was some kind of drugs or alcohol included, but there was not. It was just an accident where he flew off the road. Um, there were reports he had to be pulled out of the vehicle by the jaws of life. It sounds like instead. Uh- that the they, fire department, yeah, confirmed that was not true. They cut out the window and pulled him out through the window, but he had compound fractures in one of his legs, broke, I believe, both, both legs, um, yeah. completely snapped the bones and put them through the skin in one of his legs. I mean, this is a de- just devastating injury for an athlete who's already dealt with a lot of injury problems. I think this effectively ends Tiger's career. I mean, I think that he's lucky to be alive. And so his life should be celebrated and he should be thankful and we should be that he survived this kind of accident. But I think his days as a contender uh, or even, even a pro golfer are probably behind him. I mean, but talk about, talk about a redemption story again. So if you follow QAnon, Eric, which I know you're, I know you're very well versed in. Yeah. He's, he's got his own thing going with Ianon. I mean, that's kind of taking a lot of, you know, that's gaining steam. (laughs) Okay. So Ianon, Eric, you would know Tiger did this on purpose because he's not winning things. He's been injured. He had to figure out an excuse of how to get back in the spotlight. Mm. And so he caused this wreck on purpose and compound fractured his leg on purpose Mm. so that he could be back front and center in the news because he's that big of a narcissist. I thought the conspiracy was that the Fed's website went down that day. 
but we were all distracted by Tiger. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the reset is real, guys. The reset is well, real. Well, I mean, it does it does seem a little weird. I think the accident is is weird. I mean, he has a history of of weird, like mixing drugs, prescription, illegal, legal stuff, and then they didn't do a blood test. So there's no proof of what he was on or not on, I don't think so. On pain medication. And it's not really fair to guess that, but I would guess a man who's had numerous, numerous, numerous surgeries. Um, I, we know that pro athletes are are regularly quite addicted to pills. We know Tiger struggled with that in the past. Good news is it was it wasn't alcohol. But the sad thing to me is that he was going to film a show. Uh, he was meeting with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert. Um, and so they were waiting for him for an 8 o'clock tea time with him. And he didn't show up. And they thought it was very weird that Tiger didn't show up for this show that he was teaching them. He was giving them golf lessons. He was playing these rounds with these famous athletes and stuff like that. And then he didn't show up for it. And then later in the day, they found out obviously he was gotten just a crash. So, the cool thing was, was uh, today at the, uh, I forget what tournament it was, it was, but a lot of the guys were all wearing red. Good. On, on the Sunday major to just kind of show like support for Tiger and what he's done for the tour and all that kind of thing. And everyone was very complimentary and wishing him well and, and all that stuff. You know, he's he's got his foibles and his issues, but I think it was a, a nice show of like what people actually think of him on the tour, that that they know he's a good person uh, despite all of his struggles and, and they all support him. Yeah, that's great. And so do we. All right, guys. Uh, so next up, uh, we are going to move on to the wild because they are the A topic in town. And uh, last week we had a little segment talking about why you should care about the wild, why you should be excited about their future. Uh, I, I broke down the fact that their their core, especially offensively now, is 23-year-old Kirill Kaprizov. It's 24-year-old Jordan Greenway. It's 24-year-old uh, Kevin Fiala. It's 24-year-old Joel Eriksson Ek. And, uh, you know, they're pretty young and they had one of the best farm systems in the league. That's what they call it in hockey, but one of the best groups of prospects in the league with some big D coming up, uh, a couple of forwards coming up, um, Rossi and Boldy coming should, uh, add even more offense to this team. And uh, beyond that, they're just red hot right now, six in a row. Um, Kaprizov is better than we could have expected. Sure. He's better than any player that's come to the wild ever. And that includes Zach Parisi and Gabrick Gabrick. and Suter and anyone. I I'm not, he's not yet their best player, but he is the most talented player that has ever joined the wild. He is their best player. He's their best player. And it's without question. Isn't it nice when something lives up to the hype? Don't you just want some to live up to the hype? And he has. I was just saying, like, I think I think uh, Prime Suter is probably a Hall of Famer, and he's he's not at the level that Suter was at in his prime at this point. But he's gonna, I think he's gonna get there, and I think he's the most talented player the Wild have ever had in their organization. He, without question, <laughs> he is the star player we've never had, and it's crazy because the NHL um, has treated the Wild terribly with him forcing him to have only two years of contract time with him, them uh, forcing them to have to probably sign him to a deal after just one shortened season, but he's going to be worth every penny. I would give him anything he wants uh, at this point because he is the real deal. 
and he could be an absolute superstar in the state. I think he's the kind of guy that fans could fall in love with, and he's the kind of guy that is going to be on the backs of jerseys for the next 30 years in Minnesota and maybe beyond. I think he is like that level of player, and it's really exciting. He's going to be such he, a big deal, you guys, that he may even get – a, a, like a you know a really big sponsorship from like a local car dealership. Oh yeah, local car dealership. <laughs> he might be. He might replace Joe Mauer as Lando Lakes. Uh, <laughs> the Kemp's the the milker. Yeah, he might do the new. I mean, these are the types of big endorsements he's looking at. You're talking about like Caprizov Chevrolet. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah <you're> gonna... <laughs> so, guys, you want to hear the craziest thing about this though? Uh, there's a website that does playoff odds, and they take bets, uh, moneypuck.com. And uh, they currently have um, – it shows you how wild um, – wow, wow, pun intended. Don't, Eric, come on. Okay. You're, better than that. Okay. You're better than that, Eric, come on. <laughs> All right, so they currently have the wild uh, at a 92% chance to make the playoffs a 52% chance to make round two, a 28% chance to make round three, a 16 percent chance to make it to the Stanley Cup and an 8.7 percent chance to win the Stanley Cup which would be second in the league wow sure well that means Eric you know what that means we're in the throes of plan a plan a we start Mm -hmm. out on fire we end up ice cold we get knocked out in the first round plan a feels good though while it's happening you know what I mean like before the second half of Plan A, it's fun. Plan A feels good because I still have energy. Yeah. And yeah. as they tumble, I'm like, well, they're still in third. They're still in fourth. They're still in fifth. They're going to make the playoffs. And then by the time they fade out in the playoffs, I'm like, ah, fuck that team. But Plan B, I'm usually like have already given up. And then, I, and then I don't yeah. believe it the whole way as they make their climb. I'm like, they won't make it. They won't make it. They still won't make it. Who cares? They won't make it. Holy shit, they made it. I buy, I'm going to buy in. And then they get knocked out. Well, you know, then you get you get victim to that idea of like, well, it is hockey. It's the hot hand. It's the people with momentum, you know, and they're so, tired. Chance. Yeah. they're so gassed. They can't even play a fucking series. Plan A, there's a reason it's plan A and not plan B. That's what they want. They want to come in hot. This is way more fun. Um, we'll see what happens, man. You know, it's a it's. It's a very different team than we've had in the past. There's a, it's all new lead, leadership. The the people contributing are not the same people. Um, who knows, man? We may this may become a stale take. I hope that the plan A, plan B thing, although it is deadly accurate so far, like ridiculously accurate. It's one of our best takes. I hope that it's irrelevant in three years. I will say this: in watching this wild team through this kind of run, most recently it's obvious that there has been a change from the top down. And I love this coach. I think he, like we've always, like Minnesota hockey is like, oh, we love Mike Yo. He's very approachable. He's a nice guy. We could drink um, a Mike Yo. And then like we bring it, uh, Bruce, Bruce Boudreau is like an old school hockey guy. Well, it turns out his tactics are as old school as he is. But now we kind of have like a guy with a modern approach to the game. and. This wild team is relentless. They come after teams and they have the athletes to do it. And it's kind of refreshing to not be the team that's like constantly sitting back and just like kind of absorbing pressure 
and then getting a goal when they need it. Like this team is coming after teams that have like the, the Kings last night, they have veterans and veterans and veterans. Like this team is built. The Kings team is built on guys that have won Stanley cups uh, like Drew Doughty, like all these uh, all across the board. And then they're adding pieces as they go. Like this is a really quality franchise and the wild got a little bit unlucky um, with two of the goals. And I think it just speaks volumes to sort of the change in attitude in atmosphere amongst this team that we're not, we're done fucking around. Okay. This we're going to put out a quality product, a quality team on the ice, and you guys have to earn the right to wear this jersey. And it's no more like, oh, Mikhail Granlin is invisible for two months, and then he has like four great games, and everyone's like, see, that's why he's great. Like, like the expectations have been reset, and you have to be great all the time. And if you're not, then you're not going to play. And we have so many new faces. I think it's a lot of fun. It's really refreshing. We don't have to talk about Nino Niederreiter. We don't have to talk about Miko Koivu. We don't have to talk about Jason Zucker, who was a great ambassador for the city of Minneapolis and an average hockey player. Mm-hmm. Like We don't have to talk about all these people. We actually have like quality hockey players that we get to celebrate. And Nick Bukestad coming home and – being healthy and being really good from the University of Minnesota. Grinder kid from Minnesota, from Blaine. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you get to celebrate a lot of these really good stories with some new faces and let's fucking go because they're on fire right now. And so let's just, let's embrace it. Let's own it. Let's celebrate it. Let's have fun. But realize that, you know, there's the potential that we may flame out. However, it feels different this time, right? It feels a little bit different. And let's play hockey let's go baby hey like shouts that. to eli McElwain, biggest wild fan i know got to see him this last weekend great family great guy he's been there through the ups and downs and he's having a fun time with it so i just want you guys to know that uh caprice off right now um for all rookies uh in third place is smith with 11 norris sutzel and Suter are all in second with 12 caprice off in first with 17. He's five points ahead of all rookies. He's second in goals for all rookies, one behind uh, Suter with Chicago, and he has two more assists than any rookie, and he is the best plus minus of all rookies. He's the rookie of the year unless he gets injured. He's been running away. Fantastic. And if the Wild had any decent, like, really good, like, scoring options up front, he would have five more assists. Easily because he's throwing he, the wild will make a big move here at the deadline. I I, I think so, honestly. He I, is he's throwing passes to guys that they, they can't even handle it because they've never seen anything like this before. I have this and, feeling that they're gonna trade a big prospect, um, one of their best prospects and a nice player, and they're gonna bring in a big centerpiece to this team. And I by centerpiece I actually mean a center. Um and I think that they're gonna they're gonna bring in one last guy, and they're gonna try to make a run at it. And I think they should. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we bought it. It's it's the end of February, coming into March, and we're bought in. We're in, right? We're in. We're in. And Plan B is about to start, and we're gonna hardly make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we will limp in, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Plan B isn't about to start. Plan B is the opposite. No, this it's is just the a second half of plan, plan A. Plan. Yeah. Okay, guys, so um, here we go. Wolves, new coach. If you guys listened to our podcast last week, the second we stopped recording, they announced that they fired Ryan Saunders. And the second we stopped recording the extra piece, they announced <laughs> that they hired Chris Finch. Okay. So, this so we have a- not spoken about Chris Finch yet. Right. This was a controversial move. And I would say rightfully so. It was controversial. I, I honestly okay. believe it was controversial because they hired a coach without interviewing other coaches or really posting the job, which isn't really a thing. They can do what they want. But, um, uh, there is a serious issue with hiring uh, minority coaches across all sports. And that, that isn't just an American thing. That's a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm. White coaches get the job way more often. I'm not saying that Chris Finch wasn't the most qualified person or the person that the franchise wanted, but it is not a good look to not interview anybody else, especially no candidate of color. I do think it is important that they do that um, in the NFL now. Has gotten so bad that the Rooney Rule has expanded to offer draft picks for developing, um, uh, you know, staff members of color in the front office. So if you're you have someone as assistant GM or GM that's hired away from your franchise to another franchise, you actually get draft compensation, like good draft compensation, like third round pick. If you develop a head coach, you actually get draft compensation as well. And so the idea is to to um, try to uh, develop, not just hire, but develop, um, good, um, you know, you know, people of color in, in these positions. Okay. Important. Um, I'm not saying that Finch wasn't a good hire. I'm sure it was a good hire. Uh, it was the kind of hire that I actually find exciting, uh, not even knowing him, uh, an assistant from a really respected program, uh, top level assistant working under one of the better coaches in the league, a guy who Gerson Rosas obviously really wanted, I think that the hire was the right move, and I'm excited by it. And I Wait, think, he, and he, is he Canadian? I don't, I don't believe so. Okay, I was gonna say because he's a minority right there. But I do think. Okay. I don't think that, that, that was a bad joke. <laughs> he is from Ohio. Oh, oh God, well. he's as white as they come. <laughs> yeah, it's even, like, even his name. His name is so white. I can't remember it. I can't. <laughs> it's just tough. Um, um, I, I think it was it was a bad look, and I think that the NFL the association has has come after them a little bit, and it it, it needs a it needs an apology and nothing more, and it's something that we can all draw. If they're going to do an apology, so uh, Rosas is a is like a Latino of some kind, right? Like he's a he's a person of color that clearly this was his idea. This was all him. He was the one that that designed how it was going to happen, when it happened, and who it was. They have all these personal connections together from Houston, um, and he's obviously followed his career. So it was always going to be this guy. So isn't it worse to like bring in like a you know a bunch of assistant coaches of color just to like hire the white guy in the end, anyways? I Don't you think? I, I mean, I, you guess, think that- I guess my, my main my main question is if. I realize Glenn Taylor owns the team, right? And he's the one that signs the checks. But if this is, if, if Glenn Taylor has said, Gerson, this is your decision. I'll back whoever you've decided. And Gerson says, I got Finch is my guy. I want him. 
I, I have no reason to interview anyone else. Mm-hmm. And Gerson is a man of like minority, like background. Is it that outlandish to say that he was being prejudiced when he knew the guy for what his vision of the franchise? And they've obviously had conversations. And like you said, history at Houston, is that violating some sort of like a social contract? I don't, I find that a little bit disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I agree with the premise of what Eric is saying, that there needs to be more um, minority hirings and incentive. Yes. But if Gerson, as a person of minority, decided that this is the guy that I want, I don't see what's wrong with it. Yeah. I, don't I, I go back and forth. Right. It depends, you know, who I'm listening to and on it. Eric had me going a little bit one direction. Um I just don't know the guy. I don't know. You know, I, I it's not like I'm going to go in there and be like, dude, I can't believe they didn't get a huge accent. Like, what a great hire that would have been. I have no idea who's the right guy. So, you know, for me, it's just like, yeah, it was a little unorthodox. But Gerson has not – he didn't want Saunders. I mean, we fired a white a white guy too, you know, and I, I don't know. It just seems like a, a Gerson choice. It's his to make. It sucks. We want to see black people in leadership positions. And we do hope that that's the trend. We have some great black assistant coaches, which I get didn't get the nod. And maybe one of them could have, I think his name is Vanderbilt or something. Um, but he's still part of the team, you know, and maybe he can get that. He can get that jump soon. Hear me out. I'm not saying they made the wrong choice. I'm right. not, I'm not saying Gerson should have. I'm just saying that in these sports, it is important that we are giving interviews to non-white candidates it just is a, a precedent that needs to be set that whether you have made up your decision or not, we need to be giving these looks to people. It is important. And the NFL does that. The Rooney rule requires that they hire, you know, uh, they interview a number of, of people of color. And so these people's names are constantly being thrown around in interviews and eventually hopefully leading to head coaching positions. For some okay, time. quick, but real quick interjection though. How many times have we heard from the NFL that guy's only getting interviewed to satisfy the Rooney rule. Um, a lot. It sucks. It's, it's a, it's a problem. And so my, I agree. Kid. I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying I have the solution. I'm just saying maybe piggybacking on what Jimbo said. If we interviewed like two, three minority candidates just to satisfy the rule, is that still doing the right thing? I think that they made a great decision in the middle of the year. So I'm fully behind their decision, 100%. And I'm completely on a different page saying that the Timberwolves were in the wrong in their process. And I think that their process Fair of enough. having an interview with a guy before the job was even posted and then mm-hmm. hiring him uh, a couple days after his team played Minnesota when they obviously interviewed him for the job then, had mm-hmm. the coach out his games, waited for his next loss two days later, fired him and then inter- and introduced that guy the next day. The whole thing is massively sketchy. Yep. Having said that, Ryan Saunders was completely over his head. Finch is the kind of guy that I would want to hire. I don't know much about him. I know he's very experienced and respected. Well, you know he's white. <laughs> and I um, I think that they made a great move. I'm excited about this move. Yeah. Uh, I can separate it from the fact that I think that I can understand why uh, the players association is offended by this yep. and 
it doesn't surprise me that a business run by Glenn Taylor is completely out of touch with what they should do and what is expected of them. And, you know, that doesn't surprise me for a millisecond. So, so you're right. They can be mutually exclusive. It can be the right move and the wrong way to go about it. I get it. I think that's, um, yeah. Now they just need to, to change the entire roster and then you're good to go. So the big thing here is that um, the Wolves at the trade deadline, the Wolves are obviously the worst team in the league yet again. Uh, they are kind of locked into a lot of their roster. So most of their roster is either like super young guys who have some potential, um, but not really worth anything, or like the core of their players who they're trying to build around who have never all played together. So Beasley is now suspended for 12 games for pulling a gun on people at a parade of homes. You have uh, Russell who can't stay healthy to save his life. When Russell does get healthy, that means Towns is automatically injured. You have Edwards, who is the number one pick in the draft, who – you know, there's flashes of brilliance and there's moments of frustration. Uh, Ricky Rubio's contract is so massive they could never move on from him. And so they're going to move into the trade deadline as the worst team in the league, possibly losing their first-round pick. And the only pieces that they could possibly trade are like Juan Hernan Gomez, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, Jared Culver, and Josh Okogie. Mm. kind of pieces that you could move. None of those pieces get you very much. No. Um, I were to move a piece on this team, Nas Reed would be the guy I'd be trying to move. And and I'm saying that as a person who likes Nas Reed. Right. I like Nas Reed. I think Nas Reed could play as a bench big man for a championship team. That's how yeah. good I think he'd he come is. in and, and put in solid minutes. Yes. He's he's, he's the kind of guy I get a late first round pick for. And he's the kind of guy I would actually be exploring moving at the deadline as a trash team. Now, can Nas Reed help the Wolves? Absolutely. I actually think Nas Reed is a good player, but he's the kind of guy I think I'd be looking to move as we uh, get closer to the deadline here. The rest of the guys are worth nothing. Uh, Beasley is probably the other piece you could move, but now he's suspended. He's got a great contract. He's a three-point shooting, three-and-D wing. He's worth something. But I, I, well, I think you keep him. I'm also curious to see what the team looks like with Russell, with um, – Towns with Edwards and with Beasley with mm-hmm. a four of them plus a wing player. What and if that- we get any of that, it's all going to happen. You know, they're, I think that they're already pretty much statistically eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, they have seven wins they're and the season is over halfway over. So yeah, they're awesome. on track for 14 wins. I mean, I don't think they're going to see 20 wins, even if these guys get healthy. Do you? No, they're bad. They're yeah. Bad. And did we start out three and one? Yeah. We did. We did win our first two games, lost one, and then won again. And I'm like, why are we so low on the power rankings? Look at us. It's like, because they fucking know. Because we're bad. <laughs> and we've had, we've had four wins since our first three. That's very sad. It's been crazy and getting worse. Getting worse. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's rough. But I think we kind of summed it up pretty well. The state of the team, where we're at, any potential we may have. All right, guys, so finally we're ending tonight with the best New Jerseys in Minnesota. All right, we're going to Rotten Tomatoes score them, okay? Ooh, okay. We're going to Rotten Tomatoes score the three New Jerseys um, from this year that you can see or you can purchase right now. Okay, we're going to start with the Minnesota Timberwolves, North Star jerseys, the black jerseys with the min on them, the stars on the side, the mm-hmm. bright green trim on them. What do you guys think of the North Star jerseys? If you have to look them up at home, look them up right now. They're like the alternate jerseys for the Wolves this year. What do you guys think of these? 
These are boring to me. Um, huge missed opportunity to do something fun and exciting. Uh, not a huge fan of that bright green still. And I think that it's a 62. Not a huge fan. Agreed. I'm not. The, the, the bright green is lost. Like that. Get rid of that. Like mm-hmm. be, be done with that. It's not our colors. It has nothing to do with the wolves. I'm not into it. I know it's like, a, oh, it's a symbol of the northern trees. Like not that bright green, though. That's stupid. That's what mm-hmm. the Chicago River looks like on St. Patrick's Day. That has. <laughs> it's not the same thing. I'm with you. It's it's worse for me. It's like a 55. I think it's fresh, but not by a lot. I think it's them trying to make the green tree jerseys. You know, with the tree border. Yeah, mm-hmm. they know that the tree thing looks stupid now. Um, so they tried to make it cool, and then instead of Minnesota or Timberwolves, they went with Min, which is not anything. Anymore. Really dumb, really dumb. Nobody does that. Yeah. In fact, people in Minnesota don't call it Mini, and we don't call it Soda. We fucking just say it's Minnesota, don't Minnesota, we? I would say Minnesota followed by MN. Like speaking out MN, like saying no. MN. No, right. I would say if I had to do anything with Minnesota. I would say Minnesota or MN, not yeah. Min. Right. Crazy. Who no. invented this? No. Bad, bad, bad. bad. I, I, think know, I want to subtract points, but I'm stuck at 62, so go ahead. I think the jerseys are uh, 49. I think <laughs> so he just not, said they're so fresh. not fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Once I <laughs> win the Min thing, I'm glad I went last. <laughs> All right. Fuck them, dude. They're well, bad. Like, they're like the most average jersey. They kind of look cool on the court, but I just like don't believe in them. No, I, no, I don't. They're not that good. Okay. Uh, next up, we are going to the Minnesota Loons River Kits, the Away Kits, the all blue with the black uh, Adidas trim and shoulders with the black Target logo. What do you guys think of the new Minnesota United jerseys? T-shirt this style. Is, crew neck. This is the best kit they've put out yet. Nope. Without question. I don't agree. I liked when they did the big wings, but it was more subtle. Like, it wasn't the full black. It was, like, kind of, like, worked into it more subtly. These remind me of, like, the um, Manchester City kits that have that ripple water effect. Because these do, too, right? Like, if you look at these clothes, they have, like, this river effect in the pattern of blue. But from a distance, they really just look like light blue. With a little black trim. I mean, they're cool and they're clean and they're simple. And I don't hate them. But they're just not very exciting to me. Completely disagree. I think, well, uh, okay, what you're saying is right. But I think that they're much cool. Like, when you look at the body of work of the kits we've gotten, Mm -hmm. these are the best ones that they've designed. And so maybe it's a little bit of a bias from the whites or the grays. Uh, for me, it's always been very safe, and I think that when you go with the sort of powder blueish uh, hexagonal pattern within there, um, trying to represent something that is part of Minnesota culture that's very close to, um, you know, the centralized version of the Twin Cities. You know, it kind of divides the two. Um, and then you kind of, you go with the color rush aspect of that and you have the baby blue socks, the baby, baby blue shorts, 
the baby blue shirt with like some black accenting on there. I think it's absolutely perfect. Okay. And I think it's the evolution of the kits. I think Adidas did a really good job. I love the three black stripes on the shoulders. Um, I love the three stripes on the socks. I feel like on the pitch, these jerseys are going to look fantastic. And okay. I'm totally into them. I'm you, did, go... you did raise my score by some points there. I'll give you that, Ryan. I'm going to go 88. Ooh, love them. Very strong. I like these jerseys a lot. I always thought United had the coolest logo and the crappiest jerseys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like the crappiest how, jerseys. For how, no, just like we're like how the logo to jersey ratio is not good. Like mm-hmm. they should be better for how cool their logo is. Agreed. The dumb wings on the shoulder and the just awful gray color are not for me. This is the sharpest they've ever looked. I'm hoping they go white at home. I'm hoping they go blue on the road, and I'm hoping their alternate jerseys are like s- such dark gray, like oh. dark they've gone or black. Okay, blue. I think that'd be so cool for their alternate jerseys. I really like these. Um, they're pretty simple and plain. Um, so I'm gonna, and they have the same color short and jersey, which is not my favorite with soccer. I'm gonna go an eighty. I really like them. I think it's the best they've done. They're really simple. They're a masterclass in simplicity, but. Mm-hmm. The- mean you're a master class in jerseys so an 80 is a really good score for them i'm excited i'm i would consider buying one they're expensive as hell i would consider Um, buying one i probably won't but i would consider it okay i am gonna go with an 82 which is a great score it is great score a little disappointing i like to see something i like when they go for something that's kind of wild and then if it hits, it hits, baby. And then it's a huge deal. So you know, you know what's wild. For me. You know what's wild is the red, green, and cream colored wild jerseys. That shit doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm glad they went with something that makes a little more sense. I think so, that that leads Eric into his final jersey. We're going into our final one. It's the retro wild jerseys. Now I think it's so funny that they're retro, but they're actually to a different franchise uh, from Minnesota. Literally. Literally yeah, yeah. a different franchise that still exists. Um, <laughs> I love it. I think that the retro jerseys are – we've talked about them like five times on here. But seeing them in action a few times now, they are so beautiful. They mm-hmm. look incredible on the ice. They absolutely shine on the television. And everyone who cares about hockey, and even some people who don't, are mentioning it that they're just incredible jerseys. Some of the big hockey names on social media um, have said, why don't they just wear these jerseys all the time? And yeah. I think that's pretty much where everybody is at. These jerseys are so beyond their shitty jerseys that it's just not even fair. The color scheme, absolutely electric on the ice. I don't really understand the stars on the shorts. Like, is that supposed to be the North Stars on the shorts, Dallas yeah. Stars? but now it's the Minnesota Wild. seems a little weird to me. Um, I would actually give these jerseys a perfect score if they didn't have that stupid Man Bear Pig Wild logo on them. Uh, yeah, so I'm go with a 95. Which I think these jerseys are beautiful. I would love to own one. I actually want to get a Kaprizov one. It's probably like $400 because for some reason hockey is not accessible to anybody. Uh, but I think these jerseys are great. And I am proud to be a Wild fan for one of the first times in my life because their jerseys are some of the best in the league. Okay. I would agree with you, except, like, it's a little too much 
it's it's a lot of white right so i don't know that that's kind of part and parcel for you know hockey sweaters if you will Mm -hmm. um and i agree with the man bear pig logo is still stupid although in the new colors actually looks better but also kind of looks like the Nashville Predators. Like there's there's that kind of like fine line of like, how much are you? When you change like, the color scheme of it, it ends up looking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Very similar to that. So I'm gonna go 93, mm-hmm. but also um, better than anything that the Minnesota Wild have put out in 20 years since <laughs> yeah. the start of the franchise. Absolutely. I I do not hate the the I mean I love the kits. Okay, I'll say that. But I don't hate the Wild the other wild branding as much as you guys do. I like, I really love their cream and dark or dark green with the scripty Minnesota. I think those are still banging. Those are cool. Um, but watching some of the game last night where they're going up against, I guess it was the Kings in their old school kits. Purple. Yeah. yeah the old like purple, white, yeah. purple and pink and green and yellow. I thought it was so fun. It's like, Oh, hockey isn't boring anymore to me. You know, with the team is exciting. It's young. They look great. They're going to wear these things like six more times this year, like a kind of not, a lot. Not enough. Not I, enough. I agree. I think that they should come out in the summer and say, "We we hear you, and we're going to switch our colors." Because I we, don't think that's going to happen. But but oh, Gary yeah. Bettman, Gary Bettman's going to be like, "No, you guys have been wearing these colors for twenty years, and you athletes aren't going to tell us what to do." The, mm-hmm. the, the NHL is so out of touch. If they had any mind here they would be like the wild are going to now be green and gold because everybody loves it mm-hmm. and the fans have been clamoring for this for a long time so it's a, it, so it's a 92 i gotta get my score out there it's a 92 very strong score wow we love it we love it we love it all right guys that is it that's all the time we have this week on the Norris podcast go back check out our last episode where we bust out our newest rewatch sherlock holmes where we talk wandavision before the very end uh, of the series, we tell you about some big time news in the world of uh, TV mostly and uh, movies. And it was a great episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this one as well. Until next week, thank you guys for listening to the Marines Podcast.